I'm going to do something different, and I've done it before. Let's have the Bible reading in a different spot. So, Doug, if we can go to my um, uh, PowerPoint, please. That'd be good. The Bible reading's in there in just a little bit of time. We are finishing off the last part in our Unlikely Heroes story uh, series, not stories. Unlikely Heroes. We're finishing off that. And that's not a word I made up. It's, it's where we get recap from. Let's go back and, and have a bit of a recap of who we've looked at in this story, in this series. Goodness me. <laughs> we've looked at Gideon in the Unlikely Heroes story. I've said it three times. I've mucked up three times. Hopefully that's three times as a charm. God can use the small and the weak. We've looked at Rahab and how God can save those who have faith and even save those who who have a sinful sort of past, which is all of us. We've looked at Esther and how she modelled what it looked like for um, to be able to stand up for God in the, in the face of strong opposition. We looked at Jonathan and why he was a, an unlikely hero because he, he was willing to sacrifice everything in order to gain God's kingdom and, and he was willing to even sacrifice his own kingdom. And last week we looked at John the Baptist and he modelled what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And this week, we're looking at Mary. Betrothed to Joseph, roughly about 13, 14 years old. And she's already been told, prior to our reading tonight, she's already been told that she was going to be the mother of Jesus. She was going to be the mother of of the Son of God who would save his people. But we're also going to look at how she models worship all the songs that we've sung tonight have have spoken about how to worship god or what it looks like to worship god and and we're going to look at how mary models worship but the background to the story luke chapter 1 tells us the story of three characters zechariah and elizabeth john the baptist's parents and and mary soon to be mother of Jesus. Prior to our passage tonight in Luke chapter 1, we see that that Elizabeth has been given the news that she's going to be the the mother of John the Baptist. And, And Mary has also been given the news that she was going to be the mother of Jesus. And what Mary does is is go and have a baby shower with Elizabeth. No, not really. She just went and, and visited with Elizabeth because they were relatives. Mary has been told of what God was going to do through her, that she would conceive Jesus by the Holy Spirit and that he would be the saviour of the world. It's a pretty cool sort of story. Mary walks through the door at Elizabeth's house and Elizabeth's baby leaps inside of her. And then Mary shouts out and proclaims that Mary is... Uh, no, sorry, Elizabeth shouts out and proclaims that Mary is blessed and, and everyone will be blessed because of her faith in what the Lord is doing in her life. 
And after Elizabeth is, is finished exclaiming these things, Mary then breaks out in song, and that's our passage tonight. It's a kind of a funny way to, to sort of greet each other, isn't it? Like, like what they do in Disney movies and that sort of thing. Let's read Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked on the humble estate of his, of his servant. For behold, from now, all, now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we look at um, the, the story of Mary and what the way that she, she models worship, Lord, I just pray that you would help me to, to communicate effectively, but also to help us all see, see how Mary models this particular kind of worship. Lord, I pray that, that you would speak to each one of us tonight and, and that would we, we would be able to go from this place knowing that, that we can worship, worship God, my Saviour. Lord, I pray these things in your name. Amen. Okay, so a six-point sermon tonight. There's six things, six significant things that we can learn from Mary's um, model of worship. And the first thing is that worship begins internally. Worship begins inside of us. It's not just something that we do on the, on the external. It's not just something that we do in, in actions or in, in words. But it's, it's something that starts inside of us. Real worship begins in our soul. Just like Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And then she says, my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. You can see that, that the worship that Mary models is, is an internal kind of worship. I turned one too many pages there. Real worship is, is done before God internally. Because God looks at the heart, not at our outward appearance. And Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. And it shows us that worship is really something that, that begins internally. And then it starts to show itself on the outer. Through actions or singing or, or dancing, perhaps. It starts with our heart attitude before God. True worship starts with our heart attitude before God. 
So worship is something that begins internally. The second thing that we can see is that worship is intense. Mary's kind of worship is an intense kind of worship. It begins internally in her soul and her spirit, but then she says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. These words here are, are intense kind of words. Magnify means to praise highly and glorify. But it also means to make large. And, and a word like magnify can't be said magnify. It needs to be said magnify, doesn't it? It, it comes across with a, a particular kind of meaning. You've got to say it in the way that it means. And if you make something magnified, you make it larger. And that's what Mary's soul is doing. It's magnifying the Lord. It's making God larger in her soul. I know that kind of sounds a little weird, but, but she is giving God her rightful, his rightful place in her soul. And to rejoice means to feel great delight or joy. Feel or show great delight or joy. And these words that Mary uses are intense words. They give us an impression and an image that worship is an intense, internal, heartfelt action initially. But it's not just about internal sort of things. Worship is, number three, worship is intentional or habitual. These words that Mary uses there in, in uh, verses 46 and 48, 47 are continuous tense words. You all know from English lessons and English class that, that there's four tenses. There's past, present, future and continuous. There's probably more than four actually. But these words are continuous sort of words. Magnifies means that it continuously magnifies and goes on and rejoices. It's not that she rejoiced once and then she stopped or that she magnified once and then she stopped. But she continues to magnify and rejoice in God my Saviour. And so it tells us that worship is a continuous and intentional thing. It's not just confined to an hour of power here on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night. And don't get me wrong, getting together for church is a good thing. But it's not just exclusive to Sundays. Worship is not just exclusive to Sundays. We can be awed and 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 rejoice in, in God's presence and God's creation any time of the day, week, or the month, or the year. But the real crux of, of what Mary is trying to say here about the words being intentional and habitual is that it, it requires effort on our part to genuinely worship God. Like Mary, we, we need to be reminded from time to time of what God has done. Of what God has done in our lives and, and what God is going to do. 
And so while these words are, are continuous, sometimes it's good for us to look back into the past tense, just like Mary does in verses 49, 51 to 54. She says, For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And then in verse 54, 51 to 54, you can see the he has words that she's pointing out there. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. He has filled the hungry. He has helped his servant Israel. And I wonder if you could write yourself a list of, of things that God has done, that he has done for you. I wonder if it would look similar to this. I, I, I'm sure it wouldn't. But can you, can you ever find yourself sort of feeling a little bit down or, or doubting your faith from time to time? Sometimes it's good to be able to, not sometimes, a lot of the time, it, it is good to be able to look back and to look at the things that God has done in your life. That God has saved you. That God has provided for you. That God has created you. Sometimes it takes a continuous effort to continually worship God because of what he has done and what he is going to do. Number four, this is where I run out of I words. So, as is tradition, I make up my own words. You'll see the trademark there. Worship is humble. Worship is humble. Mary is not proud in her worship of God. Mary doesn't, doesn't say, I've done all these things or... or or that, that I'm doing this sort of stuff. She's, she's conscious of her lowly estate, as she says in verse 48. She's conscious of, of who she is in God's eyes as compared to God. She's conscious of her sinfulness and yet conscious of God's holiness. She is humbled by being used by God, by being used by a holy God. John MacArthur says that it's this kind of humility that makes for true worship. When you're overwhelmed by your own sinfulness and yet knowledgeable about God's holiness and you're blessed to know that a holy God would work in your life. You see, friends, true worship is about being humble enough to know your position and your need for God and yet being awed by his willingness to save you, being awed by his willingness to use you and work in your life. And in our passage, we can see that the opposite of humility is pride. And we can see that, that God deals with the humbly favorably, the humble favorably, but he doesn't deal with the proud so much as well. 
He doesn't deal with the proud well. Look at verses 51 to 53. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. You see, humility is is pointing to God just like John the Baptist did last week. Pride is, look at me, look at all the good things that I've done and yet true worship and true humility like Mary's, is God has done these things. God has done these things. Number five, worship is personal. Have a look at at Mary's words there. My spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. And verse 49, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. These are very personal words. You don't talk about somebody else's my. It is my my, isn't it? And Mary's well aware of the fact that that God is using her, that God was saving her through the very birth of her son. But Mary's also aware that she cannot just rely on God revealing himself to her through someone else. Mary cannot worship a God who is her father's God or her mother's God. She cannot genuinely worship her father or her mother's God or her great-great-great-great-grandfather's God. She knows that that God needs to be revealed to her as her saviour, as my saviour. And Mary also knows that that there's a conscious personal decision in order to worship God. And worship can be a very personal thing, can't it? You and I worship differently. Some of us like to be quiet in our, in our worship time. Some of us like to be extravagant. Jesus was, was quiet in worshipping God through prayer and, and through speaking with others. And yet we can find a great joy in, in worshipping God through some loud music sometimes too. Worship is personal. And yet worship is corporate as well. Worship is, is a, a gathering of, of God's people together. When we're saved as a Christian, we're not just saved individually and that's it, but we are saved into a family. We're saved into the people of God. We are called brothers and sisters in Christ and we're co-heirs with Christ. And so we're saved into the people of God. Look at verse 50, 54 and 55 there. It says that God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Verse 54, He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mary recognises that she's a part of the people of God. 
that God is her saviour and then, and then God is our saviour. And she gives us a quick little history lesson while all the while just saying that, that God calls a people to himself. He doesn't just call individuals to himself. We are saved into the people of God and therefore worship is a corporate thing. And so it's good for us to come together and to worship together, just as we've done tonight. And to, to be able to pray for one another, to be able to encourage one another, to be able to equip each other in, in faith and good works. So true worship of God is a corporate thing. From this very short song here, we can see that that Mary models a model of worship that is, is just awesome to follow. But the clearest thing about this whole song, the clearest part of her worship is the object of her worship, the who she is worshipping, not the what, the how or the why, but the who. She is clearly worshipping God only God she is worshipping him internally intensely and intentionally and she's humble in her approach to this holy God and while it's extremely personal this song that she's singing she knows she's in the people of God she is worshipping God my saviour and in place of of saviour there, there there is a number of words that she could have placed there. God my creator, God my provider, God my sustainer. But she says God my saviour. You see we could have all the knowledge in the world about God as creator and God as provider and God as sustainer but if we don't know him, know him as God my saviour, can we truly worship him? If God has created us and provided our daily needs and, and sustained us with life and everything that we need and yet never came and dwelt with us, never came to the cross and, and saved us from our sins, could we know him in a personal saving relationship? You see, Mary knows that what has been revealed to her is, is going to affect her salvation. It is going to affect the salvation of many, many people to come. And she is overjoyed with the news of a saviour. She knew about God as creator. She knew about God as provider and sustainer, but now she is learning about God, my Saviour. And I want to ask you tonight, does your worship follow this model? Don't get me wrong, this is not the only model. It is, is simply one, one way of worshipping God. But it's a, it's a very good way. Does your worship of God start internally, in your soul and your spirit? 
Is your worship intense? Does it overtake your whole body? And yet, is it humble? Are you in recognition of of your need for a saviour? And is your worship intentional and continuous, habitual? Do you wake up in the morning and worship God because of who he is, regardless of your circumstances or, or what the day might bring? And can you worship God because of what he has done for you? Can you worship God because of what he has done for many, many people? And can you worship God because of what he will do for you? And here's the biggest question. Can you worship God because he is your saviour? Not just because he is your creator, not just because he is your provider and your sustainer, but that he is your saviour. Is God the object of your worship? Or is there something else that sometimes gets in the way? I'll leave you with those questions. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for for this model that, that Mary gives us of, of true worship, of, of worship of her Saviour that starts in her spirit and in her soul and, and that overtakes her very being. And for the fact that she is, is humble before you, knowing that you are a holy God. Lord, I thank you for the model that she gives us of, of continuous effort of being able to worship you and to know that she is saved by you and you alone. And Lord, help us today to, to take this model and to, to apply it to our lives, to be able to, to worship you intensely and, and to worship you and you alone. Because you have revealed yourself to us in the form of Jesus that you have dwelt with us and that you have saved us and you will save us Lord thank you that we can have that personal relationship with you and and that we have been saved into the people of God that you are drawing a people to yourself and Lord may we worship you and you alone I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.